Good morning, everyone. Let's stand up as we worship the Lord.
you turn around, greet someone, maybe welcome someone here you haven't met today, and you can make your way back to your seats. morning everyone want to welcome you to an exciting day here at the assembly hey if you're new to our church in these next few moments if you'll just take a moment and fill out the connect card in the seat back in front of you that's going to give us an opportunity to give you some great information about our church uh, you can put that in the offering as it's passed by here in a moment or you can give it to an usher as you leave today but we'd love an opportunity to connect with you give you a little bit more information about how we can partner with you on your spiritual journey here at the assembly Hey, we have a class called Growth Track. If you've been coming for a while or maybe you've been coming for quite some time and you are interested in taking the next step, the next step is Growth Track. It's a four-week class where you get information about our vision, our values, our mission. You're going to meet our pastors. You're going to have an opportunity to get plugged into ministry and really start serving the Lord effectively. Today, we are celebrating Growth Track 401, which is what we call Dream Team. So if you're interested in getting involved and being a serve uh, lead in one of the areas of ministry we have going on, today's the day for you right after service. We have lunch provided. Just connect with one of our pastoral staff. We'll get you where you need to go. Well, you got a bulletin as you came in. There's some great information in there about the events that are coming up here at the assembly. This Saturday, or actually, I already did that announcement in the early service. I'm going to go to this one. How about tonight? Elevate pool party. Can I hear it? All right, I think we've picked the perfect weather day for a pool party, as hot as it is, right? If you're 18 to 30 and you're interested in connecting, having a great time of fellowship, there's some prizes, giveaways, all that good stuff. Pastor Joel and Ashley have a great night ahead of you. Get that information there in the bulletin, and we'll see you tonight at the pool party. I want to invite the ushers forward. We're going to continue in our worship as we have an opportunity to give a portion of how God has blessed us financially back to him for his service. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity we have today to give a portion of what you blessed us with for the effective ministry here at the assembly. I pray you multiply it in its effectiveness as we serve our neighbors and nations. Thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. stand up together if we can. You know, I think one of the most, one of the coolest things about walking with the Lord and about experiencing His presence is that um, as we experience it on a daily basis, as we continue to walk with Him, um, we can never be the same. 
we're always changed by his presence and we're always changed by his power. The Bible says that, that we're changed from, from glory to glory, that we continue to move forward in him, into his power and his, into his presence. This morning we wanna, we wanna sing a song about that, being changed from glory to glory and beholding the presence of the Lord. So Father, we just come, come before you this morning, committing ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, asking you, God, to change us, Lord Jesus, from the inside out, Lord Jesus, as we continue to experience your power and your presence. Taking us high 
of this world. He uses any kind of challenge to try and keep Jesus from being the center. From the beginning of time, all through the Old Testament, it was the effort of the enemy to keep God from being the center. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the cares of this world, all of those things have an agenda. The agenda is to try and make the Lord just be tacked into our lives versus being the very center of our lives. So today, Lord, we just collectively say it's, it is all about you. And our request is that you would be the center. Forgive us if we have tried to marginalize you. Forgive us if we have misprioritized you, forgive us. If you've been anything but the center and the Lord of our hearts. So we say with humility, Jesus, be the center of all of my thoughts, the center of all of my dreams, my ambition, Lord, not my way, but your way. Not my agenda, but your agenda. Jesus, be the center of it all. Every relationship, every possibility, all the adversity, be the center. 
anything that has tried to take you from that place, we, we come with fresh focus today to say once again, as, as it pertains to our hearts, you are the Lord. You are God, you are in control. With your hands lifted, I think we should just declare it again. Jesus, be the center and allow this to become just an attitude. Let it become worship from the core of who you are. Come on, everybody, just from the very essence of your heart, let's declare this today. Jesus, be the center of it all. and love for God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said amen. It's so good to be back home. We've been in many different worship experiences, but I'm so grateful for the effective spirit-led worship that we have here at the assembly and this awesome worship team. Let's show our gratitude to each one of you. Thank you so much. You guys are such a blessing. Thank you. Amen. You may be seated, everybody. So good to be home. No place like home. We have now completed another incredible summer of impact to neighbors and nations. Serving neighbors and nations, that is our vision statement. We, we put our heart and effort into making it more than a motto that just would be a set of words printed here or there, you know, on a wall, on some type of vision statement on a website. We, we want to live it. And this summer initiative is one of the ways that we express that it's real to us and, and we go for it. And it takes the entire church, it takes all of us praying and giving and serving in our way to make it happen. Uh, in May, there was a trip to Thailand, and then children got involved in a ministry to Turley, and then to Dallas. Student ministry got involved going to St. Louis and New York. Some of them were part of the Malawi team that involved a lot of adults as well, to Uganda, and then to Malawi. It has been another incredible summer of high-impact ministry. Amen. 
the Malawi team is, is just back. We just returned uh, over the weekend. And so uh, the Malawi team knows that they are allowed to sleep today. Uh, not that I have to give permission. You know, when you're doing jet lag, the curtains just close whenever they want to. But I, I want to tell you, it was exciting to hear them say, man, when I get home, I can't wait to get back to church. Uh, we love this church. We all love this church. I've preached in many different places over the last three weeks. I love preaching from right here. Love this place. Love what God is doing. Love our vision. We will take all of the photos, the video, the storylines of all of the summer trips, compile that, and we're going to celebrate it in the weeks to come. But just a quick unedited video uh, that we, we shot there in Malawi, just to give you a little taste. Uh, the attendance of the pastor's conference more than doubled from a year ago. So watch this. I want to give a good report to everyone back at the assembly. We are finishing this great ministry here in Malawi. Our entire team has served every day, all day, the children, the youth, and I am here in this great auditorium with 400 pastors from across Malawi. It has been an extraordinary time together. God has been with us in a great way. I'm standing here with two great men, and this man right here is Pastor James. And Pastor James, he leads the church right here on this great campus. He is along with all of these other great pastors doing incredible things for God in this country. And we've been so honored to be with each one of them. Thank you all back home for praying for us. We have felt your prayers. God has met us in a powerful way. And now I'm going to join with all of the great people here in Malawi. And we are going to give a great shout to God of thanks for all of you. We love all of you back home, and we love Malawi. Let's shout to the Lord. Hey, when I ask you to get involved, that's, that's the example. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for all he's done. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was unplanned. The guy, uh, it was, as you're watching the video, uh, the guy to my left, he was the interpreter. And I mean, he would match the energy, the passion. You know, if I was doing, you know, coming down with a point or Pastor Barry or Pastor Barry's mom, he, he would just, he was so in sync. And it just makes all the difference when you have a great interpreter. But did you notice those two pastors, uh, wasn't planned, but they were representing Oklahoma. One had OU colors, the other had OSU. And they, they just have no idea how just in alignment they were, uh, nor do they care. But it was a great trip, and we've got so much to show you from each one of these experiences. But thanks to all of you for praying, for sending those of you who were able to go. If you've never done it, just start now, putting back some money. We have some fundraising opportunities along the way, and you set your heart to it. God will provide, and you can go, and you can see it, you can sense it, you can experience it, and you'll be a blessing, and, and you'll come back with a defining moment in your life as well. Thank God for a church that believes in our neighbors, the people right next door across the street, and believes in the nations, amen? Let me pray, and we're going to get into the word for today. Thank you, Jesus, for 
bringing us all back together. Thank you for what you have done. Lord, all of the pastors from Uganda and Malawi that have done ministry today, they have preached the gospel and our prayer has been with a, with a fresh energy of the Holy Spirit because of the seed planted in them in our time together. Thank you, Lord, for children that have been ministered to youth, cities and nations that we believe will be blessed and only heaven could record the true results of all that you have done and are going to do as a result of our heart to serve you by serving our neighbors and the nations. Again, Lord, it's good to be home. There's no place like home and I'm just so thankful for this country. I'd ask that you would allow us to win every gold medal in the coming Olympics. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, last week, yeah, go ahead and clap. Let's just clap just because. It's great. And the rule is, if one person starts, we don't leave them hanging. We're going with you. There you go. David, Judas, Ice, Ice Baby. We're going. We're just going to go. If you guys would keep that up, I could just say amen. We could go and people would say, that was the most energetic church service. Pastor was on fire. I can't remember what he said. It was awesome. Yay! Pastor Joel, you were so on point last Sunday in your sermon. Incredible. It was about 5.30 in the morning, uh, wherever we were, and you guys were getting ready to, to start up here, and man, we were praying for you. And the time reference I just gave was probably not accurate. I think it was sometime. And... Uh, just began to get reports of, of the word that you shared. So then I listened to it, listened to all these sermons when I'm gone. And, and I just think that the proverb you shared, I think, it's, I think it's the proverb for the hour. I think it's a proverb that could just be placed right in the national challenge that we have. And certainly in the personal challenge. It is an amazing Proverb, and I want to go back to it, and we're going to take today and next week, and we're going to finish the whole wisdom series by just asking God to speak this to our heart. And here's the proverb. It's Proverbs 3, verse 5. You know it, perhaps along the way, if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard this. Many could say it's like a motto. It, it gets printed on everything from coffee mugs to shirts it's just part of the culture of a church life. At, any, at some point, you're going to come across this mantra, this motto. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And so Pastor Joel just captured a, a declaration of dependence. And here it was, and here it is. God I trust you. It can't be God, we trust you because we can't make that choice for one another. It is a choice that has to be made personally. It's an amazing choice. It's such a critical choice to, to the life we're created to know, to the experience of God's presence and leadership. God, I, God, you are very God. God, I 
trust you. I, I don't look to what I know. I don't look to past experiences. I, I don't trust in anyone or anything else, Lord. Totally and completely, I trust you. It is just built within us in the, the human experience that we've got to place ultimate trust somewhere. We're just made to, to want that kind of anchor that says, no matter what would happen, no matter who comes and goes, as long as I have, and you finish that statement, as long as I have, and in this case, as long as I have God, then somehow, some way, things will work out. God is the only one who can, can receive and then be good on this, this complete trust. He created us, creator of the world, almighty God. He's God, and we can trust him. And I want to start with that first word, God. That's where you start, that he is God. A few weeks ago, I was preaching in Los Angeles, and to get to the church where I preached, I went by a mosque, then a Buddhist temple, and then a church of Scientology. And I thought about the worldview, the religious experience of those who, who place their trust in that framework, in that worldview. Everyone has to come to a conclusion at some point about who's God. Going on into Uganda where the fastest growing religion is Islam and then into Malawi where the fastest growing religion is Islam. I just feel to say this today. I want you to hear this and I'm asking the Holy Spirit just to take it and press it right into your heart. There is one God. It's not, there are many gods and there's a big God and then some little gods. There is one God. I am so thankful and, and not even worthy that this revelation has come to me, that, that the Lord in his goodness would have revealed himself to me where I could come to the knowledge of my sins and my spiritual bankruptcy apart from him, where I could in humility and repentance, offer my heart to become his home and that by his love and grace, he would actually take up residence within me by his Holy Spirit and love me and lead me, counsel me, bless me, strengthen me, help me, just be there with me in every moment of every day. It's overwhelming. I'm so thankful. As I went to that, that church in L.A. to declare the gospel of God that that I haven't somehow gotten caught up in, in a religion that has no future, that has no power to transform, that has no, no relationship that's dynamic and living. No need to park at the Buddhist temple. No need to park at the mosque. No need to go into the reading room of the Church of Scientology because in the goodness of God, he is revealed to me. There's only one name given. Among men whereby you can be saved. And that is Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died and rose again. That whosoever will may come and all who repent will be saved. Just call out 
on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Uh, Paul said it's, it's of this, this God-man Jesus whose name is above every name. John picking up on the revelation of Christ declared he's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. David, his heart was so full, speaking of God, and said his glory's higher than even the heavens. That God has no comparison and he has no competition. Yes, there are those who are devout in their worldview, in a religion, though false. But I'm saying there is but one God, God the Father, God Jehovah. He's the God of gods. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. And there's only one way to him, and that is through Jesus Christ, the Savior. Now, come on, if you believe it, celebrate that that grace has come to you. It's in humility, Lord, that we honor and we worship you, that we know this, that it's real to us. Let me show you some, some powerful passages. Let's begin, Isaiah 43:10. But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You've been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. How clear can it be? He goes on to say in Isaiah 44, verse six, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God. Isaiah 45, verse five. I am the Lord. There is no other God. Just that emphatic, that clear. Finally, Isaiah 46, nine. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there's none like me. Now to him be all the glory. To him be all the praise. He is God. He's God. Solomon, he says, trust in the Lord. Pastor Joel capturing this declaration of dependence. God, I trust you. Solomon, when he had finally led in building the temple, it took 20 years. Never a building project like it, and really nothing compares even since. Th that magnificent, that awesome, that meticulous in detail. Finally, the temple has been completed and it's time to dedicate it. So Solomon has come to the moment. Rooftops are lined with people. The, the outer court, would, which would have been the largest gathering place, it, it's, it's just shoulder to shoulder, front to back, side to side. Tens of thousands of people. And Solomon, in, in the blueprint, he made sure there was this platform built in the very center where there would be the greatest line of sight of the most people in that court. And it was built wide and it was built high and it was made of bronze. And now this incredible 
temple is complete. Understanding that Solomon has led Israel to where they have no debt and they have more money stacked up than they can ever spend. They have defeated their enemies. People come from everywhere just to get a little bit of counsel from the wisest man who has ever lived. His name is King Solomon. The temple is finished. This king, this powerful man walks out. He gets on this bronze platform that he made sure was built in the greatest line of sight. And what Solomon does is so, so relevant to this moment and this message. Solomon falls to his knees, everyone watching him, puts his hands in the air, and he uses wording unique, but all of the words were to express this. I'm the wisest man ever. We have no debt and more money than we can spend. We have never experienced success like we have right now. But God, we know none of this is because of our wisdom. And none of it is because of our might. And none of it is because of our ability. Lord, we are here. And this has happened for one reason. You are God. A declaration of dependence is what Solomon gave, thus really being a living example of the proverb, trust in the Lord. He was saying, if ever we get confused and we get into the fog about where our trust is and where everything that we are, where it all comes from, then, then deal with us so that we can come back to this. Because we never need to forget your God. And we're only here because of you. I'm even impacted to my thinking right now. I'm breathing, you're breathing. And the only reason, the only reason is because God has ordained. In the moment he wants that to stop, in that moment it will stop. He's God. A week ago, I was getting into Malawi. I had flown from Uganda to Johannesburg on Saturday. Not another flight leaving that afternoon into Malawi, so I had to lay over in Johannesburg. And so I'm going to get in line to go through immigration. As I'm getting close, and I just think when you get off a plane, you need to make the move, like go. Like if there's only three people, you might as well be the first one. Like. Get through, get out, get it done. Do you have anything to do? It doesn't matter. Let's go. I get to immigration, over a thousand people. You know how I know? I counted. <laughs> I was so bored, among other emotions. And I go, I have, I just think I'm here. I'm in hell. Like something has happened, I didn't make it, my heart wasn't right. This has to be part of what it's like. This, is, this has to be what the Bible really means by the worm dieth not. Something, there has to be an application. And it's one of those things where you have rows. And you're in this row and then you finally get to the end, but you just turn and come right back down. And you turn and go. And there were about 10 of those. And they're jammed, kid you not, they are jammed with people and 
They keep telling us to scoot up until literally, you know, it's, people are in your space. And I don't know about you, but there's just a line. You know, we love each other, but there is a line. You know, just people in your space and you have luggage. And, and then along the way, we're in this line. I, I can remember when I, I reached the one hour, 46 minute mark. And I'm not even close. I'm, I'm closer than when I first believed. But I'm thinking, it, I may miss my flight. It's not until tomorrow. People had to use the restroom. And so watching them get out of the line and, go, and then work their way back to their spot. You, I thought, we are about to be on CNN Somebody's going to just go off. Uh, verses were coming to my mind. Not good ones. Like all verses are good. But like, like one time there's this, it, the rows are just rails. This guy just stands up on the road and goes, I'm going to miss my flight. And like in concert fashion, at least 50 people go, and we are too. I don't fly till the next day. I'm going, and me too. Like, get me through this. Dear God, send the military. <laughs> and, and like, we're just, we're just pressed, pressed, tight smile. First verse that comes to my mind is, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, I know I shouldn't have thought that. The, the next verse, really, and this was the one, is there's trouble on every side. <laughs> trouble on every side. Paul wrote that. He said, there's trouble on every side. And he wrote that. He had been in Philippi. It all starts there. Philippi, he had done the work of God. A young lady gets delivered, but that makes her masters who were using her for profit to, they just get mad. They, they beat Paul, throw him into prison. I don't know how long it takes to get over that. He when he gets out of prison through a miracle, he goes to Thessalonica. He is sharing the gospel of God with them and it incites almost a riot. He has to escape in the night. He goes to Berea and he's in the synagogue telling people about Jesus and people from Thessalonica come over and then they start stirring up the controversy in that city and those people want to riot. Then on to Athens. And this is, this is all between Acts 16 and like Acts 19. When you get to Acts 19, a riot does break out. And Paul said, I thought, I'd, I, I, thought I was going to die. When he finally gets to Corinth, after all of this, then word comes to him, you've like played right into their hands. The Roman government, they're going to arrest you they will either execute you or put you in the worst prison. And, and it's going to be easy because the authorities are right here. So when Paul starts writing the letters to the Corinthians, after all of that, uh, it's in the first chapter. He said, I had trouble on every side. And you might think that the, the rest of what he wrote was... And the result of that was brokenness and bitterness. Because it's in Corinthians that he tells everybody that he was shipwrecked three times. 
One shipwreck would be enough. He goes through three of them. He tells about the many times he was beaten with the 39 lashes. How long does it take to get over the trauma of just one episode? And it happened way more than once. And that, that didn't factor in the times he was beaten with rods, the one time that he was almost stoned to death. How long? And yet when he writes the letter, it's, it's out of that letter that he's taught about the God of all comfort. That the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. That he was not looking at the things that were seen, but the things that are unseen, because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen, they are eternal. These are the words coming out of a man who's not bitter and not broken. And, I, and I'm, I'm challenged by him. I'm amazed by this. And in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, here's what he writes. We had trouble on every side. And then I'm giving you kind of an overview of the things he wrote. But I think it all rises out of, of this lesson. He said, in all of that, I learned not to rely on myself, but to rely on God who raises the dead. And he declared his dependence. Sometimes it takes a tight space. Sometimes it takes trouble on every side to reveal to us where our trust really is, to what extent we are trusting. The declaration is God, you are God, there is no, there is no other God. God, I trust fully, completely. I trust you. And it may take trouble on every side to cause you to think just to what extent you recognize him as God and you fully put all of your trust in him. Paul talked about his sovereignty, and I love the way he, it's maybe a qualification or an explanation. I learned not to rely on myself, but on God who raises the dead. Meaning, this God is God and he can do anything. Paul is the very person who wrote that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that is in us that quickens life and energy and momentum and help, provision. It's awesome. But do we trust him? Maybe if you're in a challenge, it could be used to give you an awareness and an encouragement. Awareness of where your trust is, an encouragement of where it can be, and that that is the gift of God to us, along with salvation, is that we can trust God. We can trust him with our past, we can trust him with our future. We can trust him with our questions. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. They're just be things that you decide he's God and you reach a place where you don't need an answer because there's not one. But it doesn't change the fact that he's God. That he's God and in God, I am going to trust. 
I think our national challenge right now is a great example. When you look at what's going on in this country and in this world, you could say we have trouble on every side. Could it be that the work of God could happen in such a way to remind us of where our trust needs to be as a country? That could be a real blessing if we take advantage of the awareness that we're given. It's interesting that God is not easily allowed into the national conversation. And so often when he is, it's, it's token. It, it, it's a token statement, a, a token phrase. But where, where is the leader that will stand up and, and have a Solomon moment, a declaration of dependence? I mean, w- look at this nation. From sea to shining sea, our position, our natural protection. It's the most incredibly blessed nation. You You look at the nations who wanted to invest their money in this system because of its soundness and its stability in our history. When they find Saddam Hussein in a hole, he also has 800,000 American dollars. You find any world leader and they've got stacks of American money because there's something so solid or has been solid about our country and our system And our structure. And now we are a country so deep in debt that we'll never be able to pay it off. We've got all kind of crime and things are out of control. And we've got trouble on every side. Could it be that we could say, wait a minute. We've been doing it our way. We need to come back to the foundation of who we are and what we are, and that is we trust God and we will not lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we'll acknowledge you. In 19, I think it was 1956, It was made and confirmed that the very motto of this nation would be in God we trust. That's our national motto. I don't know what the mantra was of the school you attended or, or groups you've been involved in, but we understand mottos. We, it's like a vision statement. It's a purpose statement. It's, you know, you let everything come and go, but this, is, this captures This captures who we are. And this country has, as a national motto, in God we trust. It's on our money. But we would all agree it has become words on a page. It's not an application in our lives. God's not part of the national conversation. Again, it's more token than it is authenticity and desperation for him and submission to him. It's easy over time for things that are very important and fundamental to become misplaced. It's just a motto. Now let me make it very personal in my life growing up in church, I can't count the times I have heard Proverbs 3, 5. 
And it grieves me the seasons in my life where I've allowed that motto, that incredible truth to just be words on a page. And, and I do grieve at God being taken, taken out of the conversation and the consciousness of this nation and just the waywardness of this country. But I gotta start with me. I've gotta point the finger at me first and ask just what is the measure of my full dependence? You all know what it's like to be good at something. It's a skill set, it's a gift God's given you and you've given yourself to training and education. You've even worked at perfecting that gift and that's all wise and right and appropriate as it should be. However, as we get good at doing things, the challenge of that is we get in our mind that we can do it. And we can do it apart from God. When only God can do the work of God. To build a family, to keep a marriage strong and awesome, a family strong, takes dependence upon God. Like totally. Not like token, motto, but I'm really doing this. I'm leaning more on my own understanding. It takes God. And what amazes me about Solomon is that that declaration that he made at the dedication of the temple was at the height of their success because that's the time it's most challenging to think, hey, we, we've done this. We've made this country. We have all of this. We have done it. And the American spirit replaces the biblical spirit. The American dream replaces the gospel dream. And I could talk for a long time about that at, at that level. We've got to move it from the nation to our own hearts. I mean, we, we've got a lot of talented people on this platform. There's talented people upstairs in a room that's got more screens than we can count, and they're helping things to happen the way they should. And we have technology and brilliant, gifted people involved in all this. I, I preach more sermons than I can count, and we can come out here and do this and not pray one minute. I use that as an illustration of how, how we can just say, you know, I, maybe it's intentional, maybe it's unintentional, but, but we just lose that dependence on God. That, Lord, unless you work today, there will be nothing accomplished. And, Lord, unless you help me, I cannot be the man I need to be, the husband I need to be, the father I need to be, the pastor I need to be, all of my education, all of my experience, Lord, apart from you, apart from you, it's nothing. It's nothing. Lord, I, I'm only breathing. I don't get the next breath unless you, off, unless you allow it. Lord God, 
before God. God, I trust you. Jesus, be the center from our hearts to the heavens. Every compartment of my life, every thought that I think, Jesus, we want it to be you in front of us and behind us and beside us, beneath us and above us. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is the message. It's trust, trust. Trust God. And at some point, you, you reach that surrender with even the questions or challenges or disobedience, rebellion. You bring it all and just surrender to God. God, I trust you. Right now in this atmosphere of his presence, I wanna make that choice for you, but I can't. You have to make that choice. As much as I would want everyone in my family to make that choice, I can't make it for them. No one beside you can make the choice for you. You, you have the power of choice and oh, what power it is. And when you make this choice to trust him, you can't imagine the power that will go to work at the core of who you are. This is a holy moment. It's a sacred moment. See in your mind's eye the biggest challenge you have and how Declaring dependence on God will inform and empower you for that challenge. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, repent of their sin, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, I will heal their land. That's in 2 Chronicles 7, right after chapter 6, where God gave Solomon this prayer for when people would wander and drift and lose that dependence. Gave them a prayer where they could reconcile, come back. Do you need to make a declaration of dependence today? Do you need to humble yourself and realize how everything that you are, everything, everything you could ever hope to be, it all rests within the sovereignty of God. 
and to humble yourself before him and just to declare, God, I trust you, is the kind of declaration that needs to happen. It's, it's a defining moment that needs to occur. Here's how we'll respond. We're gonna begin to sing the song, Jesus, be the center. And if this is you, for the first time you need to make the declaration or like me, you need to declare again. Just be led of the Lord. Be led out of the need of your life. Why don't you come forward as making a move and come as close to this platform as you can get. Just humble yourself before God and declare nothing will rival his supremacy in your life. Nothing will compete with the kind of love you have for him. Nothing will threaten your devotion for God, the lover of your soul, the redeemer of your life. I want to do this to make it simple. Let's all stand. Everybody's standing. And as we begin to sing, if you feel led, begin to come. Can we sing that together? that part come if you feel led this is just a work of God today from 
we would just start right there for the ways we've made it about ourselves that we've made our own journey more about ourselves than you we repent where we've made ourselves the center we repent in making ourselves the center where we have then changed trust from you to ourselves, to our wisdom, to our education, to our, our experience of how life goes. We repent, Lord. We stand here today in humility, recognizing that you and you alone have given us all that we need for life. You, no one else. Thank you for being a God of grace and a God of mercy. Thank you for being that loving Father that always welcomes us back in our, our devotion and our love. The jewel in the crown of the church has always been God-centeredness and the thief comes in try and rob the church, your people, of this powerful, fundamental blessing. So today, we are just rejoicing in your mercy toward us and in the blessing of a life that is in submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We say, as Peter did, Jesus, be the Lord of my heart. The Lord of my heart. Like the, the very core of who I am. Lord, each of us, we are saying, God, I trust you. I'm depending on you. Everything. This will... This will influence and motivate my prayer life. This will dramatically change my relationship with you. This will dramatically change the level of faith that I have and the way I see things that are happening around me. Because when I'm dependent upon you, then I'm going to run to you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to receive from you. And I'm going to be, begin to live according to your ways, not mine. Walking the path that you would make before me. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of this moment. Thank you for the blessing of a life 
that is in submission and dependent upon you. Lord, it's the way of victory. It's, it's where the blessing will reside. It's where wisdom will be given. This is where we take on the counsel of the Holy Spirit. This is where we understand what you're calling us to do. Lord, we just say with Paul, we will not rely on ourselves, but upon you who raises the dead. Hallelujah. Thank you for revealing grace to us. There are billions of people that have not even heard this message. We've not only heard it, we have received it. We've been changed by it. We do not take that for granted. We could be spiritually bankrupt as are so many. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to us that we know. And God, certainly along with what James wrote, we say we will not be hearers only. No more just having a motto. It is an application to our lives until it's a way of living. It's in the fabric of who we are. I thank you today, Lord. What a great day where we just declare our dependence upon you. For there is no other name. No other name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We've just experienced the beautiful gift of God's Holy Spirit in operation, functioning in the gifts of the Spirit right here in our church. One, speaking in tongues, which we don't understand, but it comes as a gift. And then to another, he gives the gift of interpretation of the tongues so that it brings edification that word is that he can't take his eyes off of us. How awesome is that? And as a result, in the smallest, in the smallest ways to the largest, he will direct us. He can never know how loved we are. You can, you can, it's like the Holy Spirit is tangible in this moment. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. 
just let me let me lead us here. Just lift your hands and worship him. Just adore him, magnify him. We'll sing again in a moment, but use your words right now just to tell Jesus how much you love him. The Holy Spirit's like a fountain. Just let it overflow in your heart today. Fullness, fullness. The fullness of the Spirit. You will overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. You will overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. That's just, this is just being renewed in the presence of God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're dealing with guilt for any reason, you just roll that over. Roll that over on the one who died so that you would not have to bear that. If there's an addiction in your life, the kind of power in this room, it will set you free. You submit to God and then start following his blueprint, the word, you will find the resources for the freedom that you've longed for. You're, you're tasting and seeing right now. There's nothing that compares with the Lord. There's nothing. The enemy paints such an amazing picture, but it's a facade. It, it will not satisfy. You're in the presence of the one who will satisfy the, the longing of your heart. See, there's just nothing like him and there's no one like him. He's amazing. He's mighty. So powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The past is not your future. It's over. It's done with. It's done with. The mercies of God are new every morning. Just be overwhelmed in the mercy of God. You're not defined by any action. You're defined by the action of Jesus Christ. You're not defined by what you've done, but by what has been done for you. By Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So you're free, you're forgiven, you're blessed. Oppression, just that heaviness, that, that despair, just it's broken in Jesus' name. It's broken in that spirit of oppression is broken in Jesus' name. You're free from that. You're free from that. Just rejoice in the freedom you have right now. I don't care how long it's been dragging you down and having you in a cycle of despair. Even now, says the Lord, there's a spirit of victory that's overcoming that spirit of defeat. It's a new day. Behold, the Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. It's a new season. Hallelujah. This is fresh. It's fresh. It's the spirit of newness. It's always new, ever new, renewing us, brand new today. Hallelujah. We mount up with wings of an eagle. We run and we're not weary. We walk and we're not going to faint because we have waited before the Lord. We've waited before him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel it's appropriate. Why don't we just clap our hands in, in total thanksgiving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like there's an expression that we ought to make in worship. And we're going to sing this with all of our heart. Come on, everybody. Join right now. And let's declare it together. And tremble before Him. Chase 
said praise God amen walk in this great strength I love you God bless you have a great afternoon you're dismissed today